0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Trisha Nelson on with us. Trisha has lost 50 pounds by identifying and healing the underlying causes of her emotional eating. And so I'm really excited to have her on today because we're going to kind of dive into emotional eating and hunger and really tackle some of the, the things that a lot of us, especially this past year, have been maybe uh, noticing. So welcome to the show, Trisha.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Andrea. It's great to be here. Yeah. So I would love to kind of get, get an
0: introduction into you and um, tell us a little bit about your own personal journey since you did lose 50 pounds yourself and uh, what that was like.
1: Sure. Um, you know, back in the day <laughs> when I started my journey um, of life, I I thought for years that I just liked food you know, and that that was kind of the beginning end of it. Now I did not like what food and the way I ate it did to me. So I had a weight issue and I struggled, you know through my adolescence and into adulthood with my weight. And by age 21, I was 50 pounds overweight. But as I said, I thought I just liked food until my sister came home one day and said, I am an emotional eater. And she was talking about herself. And I thought emotional eating, that's like really stupid. So, and this is a long time ago and I, I, I caught, I tended to think everything she said was stupid. So that's where that was coming from also, but basically I thought, you know, that's really stupid, but I couldn't unhear it. And after that, I started sort of observing my own eating and realizing, wow, I think I'm an emotional eater because I wasn't normal around food. You know, I would have, I'd go out with friends to eat and they would order a sandwich and fries, or we'd all ordered a sandwich and fries. They would eat their sandwich and pick up their fries, but I would eat my fries and pick up my sandwich. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, and I I'd sit there looking at them when they'd leave French fries on their, on their plate. and be like, how, how can you leave a French fry on your plate? Like <laughs> I want to eat everybody's French fries. And so that's what I was like, uh, I'm not like everybody else. So my consciousness kind of grew around this where I realized, wow, you know, this is a real struggle. And it's, um, you know, I, when you struggle with your weight, you try all these different things, right? Like you're always uh, trying diets and exercise programs and maybe pills and potions and lotions, whatever, but you're always kind of on the, you know, on the lookout for the the magic bullet, the thing that's going to work but I tried so many things. I got discouraged and I'm like, Oh my God. And especially because they, they wouldn't work. And I would, I would continue to be a yo-yoer. So I'd be like, I mean, they'd work for a time, right? So I'd be, I'd I'd lose 30 pounds, but then I gained 20 back over the next, you know, six months. So I'd, I'd lose 30, gain 20, lose 10, gain, gain 30. I mean, I was, I was really a yo-yoer and I had like five different sizes of pants in my closet to prove it, you know, and I was always hoping to get down to those, the skinny ones, um, but they mostly collected dust, but I was always hopeful. And so um, after trying so many different things and failing, um, I really felt a lot of despair. And I thought, wow, like maybe I'm hopeless or maybe just nothing will work for me. And by the grace of God at that time, I met somebody who was, uh, more of a spiritual healer and had been obese and really showed me that my problem really had nothing to do with food, that it was so much more about what was going on. What was eating me, you know, over my overweight was a symptom of overeating and my overeating was a symptom of what's eating me. So that's really what I got started getting help with. And that changed everything for me is to really go deeper and and not make it about the food and the weight. And the consequence was that, or the, the, you know, the benefit of doing that deeper dive was that I was able to stop overeating and have been in a thin body for, you know, several decades now. So it's, and, and, and what I teach now has everything to do with what I do. I did what I did and what I do still to this day to, to remain, you know, thin and, and feel peaceful around food.
0: Mm, Yes. I want to, I want to hear, you know, some of your philosophy, but I would love to kind of start with um, you know, how do people, cause people listening might be in the same boat when you first heard emotional eating, like you're like, oh, that's not me, but I would love for you to kind of talk about what's the difference between physical and emotional hunger. Cause I think maybe sometimes people, um, don't know the difference between the two. Um, and just what are the best ways for people to kind of recognize that?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's amazing to me. And I've been, as I said, at this for several de- decades, it's amazing to me how similar, they can feel or how emotional hunger can mask itself as physical hunger. So I'll even like, you know, be at my computer working and all of a sudden be like, I'm so hungry, you know? And I'm like, all of a sudden just, I say that like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And then I stop and I'm like, wait, are you? And, and of course, if I do a little detective work, you know, and if I've eaten healthy, like I, I promote something called three meal magic, which is eating three meals a day with nothing in between. Cause it just puts some boundaries around your, your eating time. And anytime we're snacking, we're usually snacking on foods that are not as healthy as they could be, you know, snacky foods like nuts and, and, um, too many nuts, let's say, and chocolates and candy and chips and that kind of thing. So, um, the three meal thing helps me tremendously because the time in between my meals is when I get to start really taking a look at hunger and what's what. And so, whereas if I'm snacking all day, I, I don't know. Cause I'm, it's hard to tell if you're hungry or not, you know, or whether it's emotional or, f- or physical. So if I all of a sudden say, I'm so hungry, but I had a healthy breakfast, you know, two or three hours earlier, I'm like, mm, probably not so hungry, you know, in which case I'll ask myself what's really going on, like what, what's going on. And, uh, and then I'll see that, uh, I'm probably, uh, maybe nervous about a phone call I have to make or have a task I don't really want to do. And I'm avoiding doing, you know, so, so there's more to it and the hunger. And so it's really emotional, but that, you know, having parameters around your food in a way, not in a restrictive way, just kind of having, I mean, our digestive system, would like to have some space so that it can do its work without us piling on more food. So, um, so physically it can be super helpful too. Um, But really just getting in touch with what my feelings are, um, you know, and, and realizing that I'm distracting or avoiding by wanting to eat, you know, going to the refrigerator, opening the refrigerator, what's in there for me, what is there I can munch on um, is so often a way for us to avoid things we don't want to deal with, and so that's really where when it's emotional versus physical.
0: I love that definition, and I, I too am a fan of the three meal magic as you called it, and that's very Ayurvedic. That's uh, you know mm. the best way that we approach it, as well as the three meals a day, and occasionally yeah. depending on people's dosha, you know, a vata might you know need a few more snacks, but this is just with an asterisk because not everyone does. And so really, you know, getting in touch with that and the digestive system as you, you know, touched on, like that's huge cause that's where we can actually see, oh, are we hungry? Or, you know, sometimes we just kind of fill up on those snacks and we don't know what true hunger is just cause we haven't experienced it in so long. Um, and I know that's where I was before I studied Ayurveda of just constantly being a grazer all day long, no big meals. Mm-hmm. And then I just was, all of a sudden when I started doing it, I'm like, wow, this is what it feels like to be completely empty I'm not hungry, but it was a new feeling. And so, yeah. you know, even having that experience when you first get there, it can be kind of eye-opening. So how do you kind of stick with this then? You know, cause as you had said before, you were yo-yoing in the past, you know, what has been that thing for you? That's kind of helped you reach your, yeah, no, this is a lifestyle and you've done it now for many years.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm so grateful. I mean, it's really, it has to be a lifestyle and not a diet because you know, 98% of all diets fail. So it has to really be something that's sustainable and doable and not, not make us feel deprived. Um, and so what really is, has, uh, been so, so key. in what I teach is, is, um, is really making sure we replace the food that we're perhaps eliminating the certain foods I used to, I used to um, like what I call ooey gooey chewy foods. <laughs> so so if I'm giving up my ooey gooey chewy foods, you know, and and getting a smarter you know healthier diet, it's really important to know that as an emotional eater, I depended on those ooey gooey chewy foods for something, you know, and so it's really important to have something that. Something else that serves the same function, and what I mean is, I needed it for something. Is a lot of times we know what foods are doing to us, but we don't think about what they're doing for us. Mm. And so, just to sort of help people understand why we would eat, you know, for reasons beyond nutrition, um, I've, I've made it simple by creating something I call the PEP test, which is P P-P, PEP is an acronym that stands for really it is a good way of describing what food is doing for us. Um, So the first P is uh, a painkiller. So we use food to kill uncomfortable emotions, you know, pain, basically painful emotions. And it does a good job, you know, and that's why we like heavier, uh, yummier, you know, saltier, sugary, carby foods, you know, because they do put a blanket on our sensitivity or our emotional state. Like it's, you know, when we numb out with heavy, your foods then we don't feel that pain so we use food as a painkiller the e stands for escape we use food as an escape because oftentimes we just you know don't like what's going on in our life or we have just free-floating anxiety um pandemic's a good uh, a good example of all of a sudden having a reality we don't want to be a part of you know that's why so many people packed on weight during the pandemic um, not to mention, you know, being stuck at home with stockpiled food, but but really it was a reality that was hard to take. I mean, everything got upended for everyone. So, you know, you could walk out the door and die. So it's a reason for a lot of people had more anxiety. And so they were using food to kind of escape uh, what seemed like a scary reality. Um, and the last P and PEP stands for punishment. And somebody might say, well, I don't eat to punish myself, you know, I eat, you know, as a reward, frankly. Um, and that's true. We start out as a reward. Like we've had a hard week. I can't wait to sit down with my favorite chocolate or ice cream or whatever in front of the TV. But if somebody eats to excess, like if somebody goes overboard more often than they'd like, um, you know, they're hungry from something much more than food and, um, you know, the upshot is that we have punished ourselves. You know, when I used to stuff myself, I used to binge, I was a binge eater and I would stuff myself with food. You know, you have to have chips with the ice cream because salty goes with sweet, you know? Um, and then all of a sudden you feel sick and you've got crumbs in your sweater, you know, a little drips of ice cream on your sweater and you feel gross and you want to pass out on the couch. You wake up feeling totally regretful. That's not exactly a reward right? Like that's actually turned into some kind of abusive relationship. And so it begs the question, why would I do that to myself? And, you know, em- like emotional eaters are over, they're not only overeaters, but they're over feelers. Mm-hmm. And we feel guilty about everything. And when we mess up, especially with food, like we feel like we didn't do what we intended to do, we're really hard on ourselves. So it can be this built in form of punishment as well. So just to recap, the the idea that food is serving as a painkiller and escape and a punishment, um this is kind of a good place to start of sort of understanding what food is doing for us and in that case, you know, we have to we have to dig into that, and see what that's about. Um and food has served as a coping tool Um, you know, for many years. And so we have to have new coping tools. Um, And, and that's just really vital. So to get back to your question, I know, I went on a little tangent there. But to get back to your question, um, we have to find new tools to support us because food has usually been our number one, number two, number three tool. Um, And you can't just remove the food or the, the yummy foods that we depend on, we have to find new ways of dealing with stress, new ways of dealing with emotions, with fear, with pain, um, so that we can get through life. And and the reason why 98% of all diets fail is because we take away our number one coping tool and we don't replace it with something else. And so uh, I I what I've done and what I teach other people to do is really get a whole new, new toolkit of coping tools so that you can navigate the stress of life, the ups and downs of life without turning to food.
0: Now, is this where like, if people have comfort foods or foods that they really, you know, like you had said, ice cream, um, is this something that you recommend people to at first replace with something else that's sweet, but maybe a little bit healthier and then try to take away. So you have those three meals or how do you kind of um, take that step if people really like that sweet or salty flavor and they're just um, don't know how to incorporate into their diet in a healthy fashion yet?
1: Well, I mean, I have, um, you know, I was mentioning before the show, I have something called the Quit Sugar Challenge, and I have one coming up, um, you know, next week. And um, this is all about, you know, getting sugar out of your diet because there's not a whole lot of redeeming, you know, aspects of sugar, eating sugar. Um, but I'm all for having other yummy, other foods that you like that feel good and taste good, but aren't sugar, you know. So I give people in my Quit Sugar Challenge, I give um, um, recipes, you know, sugar-free recipes where they can still have yummy foods. Um, and so that's not a bad idea. It's just that I want to make sure that people realize just, you know, swapping out foods, isn't going to be the whole picture. Cause you can still gain a lot of weight on sugar-free foods, you know, and avoid a lot of feelings on sugar-free foods. And it can, um, easily, uh, you know, you can fall down the rabbit hole and end up saying, screw it. I'm just going to eat sugar foods as well. I've done that, you know, been all good about sugar-free until I just needed more. Um, so the key is yes, to transition to really to the self-care tools that help alleviate that stress and that pain. Um, but it's not, it's not a black and white, you know, um, you know, all or nothing thing either. So it's just really important to know that it's a journey, you know, it's a journey towards healthier eating and healthier ways of coping with life. You know, so I teach something called the six self-care success secrets, and it includes meditation and prayer and other things that we can turn to Um, and community support, obviously, um, it's really helpful to, you know, get support from others and, um, you know, emotional eaters is helpful too. you know, other emotional eaters is helpful too. Um, so yeah, so it's a process, uh, for sure, but just to know that when we do crave food, it's really a symptom, you know, ultimately it's really a symptom of a deeper craving. And so that's ultimately what we want to do is address that.
0: Yeah. And what about like, um, you know, obsessive food thoughts, would that be kind of the same thing of like needing to turn to your self-care toolkit versus you know, going down the rabbit hole of, you know, cause we've all had that experience probably where you're like, oh, I really want some chips, for example. And that's all that you can think about, even though you don't have them in the house and then maybe you go out and buy them. How can you kind of get that, you know, wheel churning in a different direction?
1: yeah well again just it's so important for people to realize it's it's not about the food and so I really feel like the obsession I mean I have been so obsessed with food it's not even funny like so I remember one time I was trying to eat healthier and I just got this hankering for a hot fudge sundae and I was like trying to eat healthy trying to eat healthy but the more I I didn't eat you know, the, the foods I wasn't supposed to eat. I just, this obsession with hot fudge Sundays and at a particular store in town, I'm like, I have to have this brownie Sunday. I hope I'm not making you be hungry by saying this, but (laughs) you know, but it like grew into this big, ugly thing where I just had to have it. And it's like, the only way to get out of my mind was to eat it. So I'm like, I know I'll go eat it. And then I won't obsess about it anymore. And of course, you know, what happened that that didn't happen. I just, I ate it and then I ate more. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but that obsession is a painkiller too. Like the PEP is true for obsessing about food too. So my big obsession with hot fudge Sunday was really avoid, like, I wasn't, I wasn't overeating. I was eating healthy, but I didn't have those new tools. So my mind tripped out on this obsession which kind of replaced the food, you know, I didn't have the food, but now I had a possession with food and that was serving as a painkiller and escape and a punishment at the same time. And so that's why it's so important. I mean, really in the moment when it's, you know, the food craving is on us. Um, there are things you can do. You can distract yourself. You can go for a walk You can change your seat. You can call a friend, But to me, we have to, it's, it's not going to be enough. Cause when you have a food craving, it's so overpowering and it's so, you just feel powerless over it. You know, it's a compulsion that you can't stop. It's like a big, you know, freight train that you just are trying to stand in front of. So that's why we have to go deeper. And that's why we have to start our day with um, self-care tools that help bring down our stress level because. You know, we overeaters are over feelers and overthinkers, And so, you know, you give me a day full of appointments and phone calls and driving people different places and my stress and my, you know, burden has grown so great that all I want by the end of the day is to eat. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to start the day on a different footing, not picking up our phone and reading texts or emails, but by you know, meditation and other spiritual readings, writing things that can sort of bring our stress down and also help put, I say money in the spiritual bank account. Okay. Let's start on a a footing of groundedness and soul nourishment. And when we nourish our souls, it's so much easier to face the day. And we can draw on that, you know, that those deposits we made in the spiritual bank account throughout the day when the stress increases. Otherwise, we're at this, you know, at a, at a um, you know, we're, we're basically we're out at of a, at a money in our bank account and we're just reaching for the next and closest quick fix. And that's always food or coffee or alcohol or, you know, a joint or, you know, gummy, (laughs) you know, pot gummy or whatever. It's just like, there's a better way, but we, it takes an investment. We have it doesn't just happen. Like we have to set ourselves up with new tools that work so much better, you know, and it's hard to do this on your own. That's why I say community with other emotional eaters is so valuable because when you're with other people who are using these new tools, uh, you don't feel like a pariah or like, Oh, everybody else is just, Going out there and getting it and I'm sitting here meditating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I think um, you know, one of the things, or I think the hardest type of day for a lot of people that I've talked with is that time after dinner that, you know, that that window before people go to bed, and that sometimes is the time where people's guard kind of goes down and um emotional eating or drinking or whatever, you know, happens. Is there, is there any ways, you know, that you kind of suggest for people to maybe, you know okay, let's look at, you know, these emotions that are coming up, or maybe even just having like a list of activities you could do instead of, you know, whatever you want to do to kind of numb out. Is there anything like that, that you teach?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things that, you know, people can do that I think is so, so valuable. And again, it's really feeding that part of us that, that really is craving, you know, um, because it's not the food that we're craving. So a lot of times it's connection. You know, a lot of times we're just in isolation. We haven't really shared our thoughts with anybody. We need to connect. We need, to, we need a safe person that we can talk out our thoughts with. You know, I said we're overthinkers. Well, we got to let the squirrel out of the cage sometimes, you know, uh, often. Um, writing is another thing that is so, I mean, when I'm jammed up and I'm angry about something, um, that can, I can turn that inward. You know, a lot of emotional leaders turn that inward and it becomes depression. Um, and so I need to get it out and I do that on paper. Like I write it out and I, I, I write it, you know, I really get, I do it on my computer. Actually, I bang it out (laughs) on the keyboard, but, but just, we have to offload those emotions so we don't stuff them. And another thing is a lot of reasons why we are craving is because we haven't properly expressed ourselves in our relationships. And so we've built up some resentment, some aggravation, some, things that we feel we don't feel good about, but we haven't expressed it. And so it's really important to say it instead of stuff it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's really, you know, that's not easy for emotional leaders to do because we tend to be people pleasers and we want everybody to like us. (laughs) And so it's hard to speak our truth. So a lot of what I teach is around that as well, is really starting to be authentic with who we are and how we feel about things. And I often say, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. Mm -hmm. And that's so, so important to becoming more healthy around food is that we're not using food to just keep ourselves muffled.
0: Oh, yeah. And that, that connection piece, I think that definitely um, can resonate because I was working with, um, you know, one of my clients about, you know, she, we were trying to get her off her phone earlier, but, you know, she was single and she lives alone in this last year, like no going out to see people. And her connection piece, you know, was on Twitter, that was her outlet to actually reach out and you know, Mm. connect with friends. And so, you know, once I kind of understood what she needed and that's where I'm like, that light bulb was like, man, there's probably a lot of us this past year. That was probably a really big thing of that connection piece, you know, because many of us probably, if you maybe used to go out for a walk with a friend, you know, is it safe to do, or does your friend want to, all of those little things that kind of, you know, popped up and you just don't, not a lot of us expressed fully how we feel yes. about things. And so that piece kind of just gets shoved down. And I, I mean, this is kind of light bulb, even in my coaching going forwards right now, I'm like, wow, there's probably a lot of us who are still dealing with that and haven't even realized this.
1: Oh so my gosh. That's
0: that's a huge piece. I think.
1: Absolutely. Losing our social connections yeah. and our social activities and just being out in the world and witnessing you know, just fun and joy and, you know, connection. That's, oh my God, it all came to a screaming halt. I mean, that was really a shock to the system for everybody for sure. And for people who tend to isolate, which emotional eaters do, and then not having a way to have an outlet and we just go further into ourselves. It's really disastrous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, you know, for sharing this with us. I would love to kind of know a little bit more about your challenge that you have coming up.
1: Sure. It's called the Quit Sugar Challenge. And um, it's super inexpensive. And people can um, uh go to quitsugarchallenge.com. Super easy. Quitsugarchallenge.com to register. It's a five, it's five full, it's five days of classes. It's one class a day that's like, you know, uh, an hour to, to 90 minutes. And I'm teaching every aspect of quitting sugar. First of all, what sugar is doing to you. So I, I call that sweet seduction. Okay. So there's a lot of what Sugar, How sugar affects us that we don't even realize. But the biggest thing for me is, is when I eat sugar, I crave more sugar, you know, so it's so hard to eat in moderation when I have something in my body that's highly addictive, you know, and studies have shown it's been more addictive, or at least as addictive as heroin or cocaine. So, uh, really important that I you know know what it's doing to me, so I have a fighting chance um, that the day two is uh, sweet sleuthing. So people are, you know, learning about reading labels and looking for the hidden sugars because so many times, even when we're trying to be healthy, we're eating foods that have sugar in them. Mm-hmm. And again, if we eat sugar and it grabs a hold of us and we f- feel addicted, gonna be hard to put it down. So we're sleuthing out the hidden sugars in our foods and our cupboards. Um, day three is sweet sabotage because so many people sabotage, you know, their, their good intentions uh, because of emotional eating. So we're going to talk a lot about emotional eating on that day and how, you know, the, the, the emotional dependence on, on uh, sugar can get us into trouble because um, we can quit it, but go back to it if we haven't addressed that. Um, day four is sweet swaps. Remember, I talked about those recipes. I give away uh, 30 over 30 recipes of yummy swaps, like ways to eat really yummy, <laughs> yummy dishes, um, you know, muffins and, and chocolate and and all kinds of like breakfast food, it, all different kinds of things, but uh, without sugar. So we, ha- we do sweet swaps and talk about that. Um, healthy ways to eat without sugar. And then the last day is sweet success. So we talk about all the successes of the week and everybody shares their ahas. I mean, people generally lose two to four pounds during the quit sugar challenge. They feel better. Their joints stop aching. You know, they just feel like so much healthier and energized. And so we really celebrate that. So it's it's five days of classes. And, um, whenever anybody's listening to this, if they go to quitsugarchallenge.com, if the sugar, if it's ended, um, they can sign up and be on a wait list for the next one we have, which, you know, won't be for a few months, but, um, definitely, you know, the time is now. So if you're listening to this now, (laughs) definitely jump on board. It's really fun.
0: Yeah. And that sounds like something that's a great refresher too. So even if you go through it once you might want to come back just to keep yourself motivated.
1: Absolutely. I have people doing that all the time. They just up their game every time.
0: Yeah. Well, where else can people kind of find you and connect with you?
1: Um, My website is healyourhunger.com. H E A L healyourhunger.com. And I'm also on uh, Facebook. So I have a private group that anybody's welcome to join. It's called the secret sauce to end emotional eating if somebody's on Facebook. And I do have a podcast called the heal your hunger show um and where we talk about emotional eating and dig into the underlying causes as well. So, yeah, those are all good good and easy ways to get a hold of me.
0: Perfect. Well, I always like to end with one final uh kind of question and I always like to throw out a weekly challenge to all the listeners and then when I have a mm-hmm. guest on, I have you throw out the challenge to everyone. So, what would you like that challenge to be this week?
1: Um, I would just say, um, notice your emotional connection with food. You know, now that you've heard this, just, just pay attention. You know, are you really hungry? Are you looking for distraction? Are you just, you know, kind of wanting to veg out because life's been a little stressful? Just sort of notice that. Uh, It's really powerful to start your, your, your journey of healing emotional eating is just, just realize, Wow. You know, I'm, I'm not hungry and yet I'm here in the kitchen again. <laughs> I love that.
0: Yes. That's a great, that's a great thing to do. And even writing it down too, because sometimes like we might've forgot like, oh no, I didn't have any of issues yesterday, but you might've been in your kitchen three times, but you didn't write it down. So I always like to track that too. Just to kind of get a good feel for, oh yeah, this time of day seems to be a trigger time for me.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. The more awareness, the better.
0: Oh yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Trisha, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I know this was super insightful and helpful, so thank you.
1: Oh, it's so my pleasure. Thank you uh, for having me, and thanks for the amazing work you do in the world to help people feel more at peace with themselves and their bodies.
0: Thank you, and everyone, go out there and spread your peaceful power.